Welcome for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintrow. Back in New York this week, are you doing, Seth? Good. I, I look kind of very white for some reason. Yeah. The, the, the lighting like is not... Catching the light properly. You need yeah. one of these uh, studio lights that I have. Um, this week's episode of the podcast is sponsored by our own uh, merch store, the Electric merch store at merch.electrek.co where you can buy some high quality gears that um, are branded electric and we even have uh, our electric cars of note electric car history of electric car uh, t-shirt and uh, also a tote bag so you can check that out at merch.electrek.co and all I'm right what even do we modeling have Sorry, I'm modeling the hat today. Yeah, so. you have the hat this week. Yeah, I'm supposed to get some gear. Uh, I'll, I'll be able to have that soon on the podcast too. I think I have a sweatshirt coming. Um, all right. So we're gonna start out today with something that um, kind of like it wouldn't be big news if it's just the the actual action that happened, but it's the context of the action that happened that is a little bit worrying. That's something that we've we've grown more and more worried about. Elon's outside of Tesla action affecting the company, and then we now we have like one of the clearest example. Even though it's it's a minute one, the action by itself, but it is it, it is a little bit worrying. So, and it's probably what generated a lot the, the most uh, talk this week around Tesla. There's a lot of other news that we're going to discuss too that are interesting, but this one, like you can see just from my article on it, 600 comments along this article. Jeez. People had a lot of opinions about this. So what it is, is Tesla remove Disney Plus from some of its cars. Boo-hoo. What are you talking about this, Fred? What does it matter? I've never used uh, Disney Plus in my car. I, I, I haven't either. Uh, and it's... Um, it's not that big of a deal by itself. It's the reason why they re- removed it or what would the bit that we believe why they did it. So we had a source last week that reached out to us and said, uh, warns us about this, a source from Disney, on Disney's side of things, that they were like, hey, uh, we, Tesla um, reached out to us and told us that they're going to remove Disney Plus from the app. Uh, of course, we're like, oh, okay, like this is a new source for us. So we, like, we weren't sure exactly what... Uh, what to do with it, try to confirm the information, couldn't. Then Tesla actually, uh, then a few days later, the source reached back to us and said, ah, Tesla actually just reached back to us again at Disney and they told us they won't remove the app completely from the Tesla theater inside our cars, but they will remove it from anyone that hasn't used the app um, so far. So we're removed from Tesla. All right, we'll, we'll let it, people that used it, use it but otherwise we we will remove it and um then we were able to confirm that because that's exactly what started happening with an update earlier this week so now obviously what's interesting here is the context because no one cares about native app inside the, the tesla theater that much but elon it looks like it's twitter drama from elon that is leaking into tesla spilling over yeah, a lot of spilling over. And even worse than that, it looks like Elon is using Tesla as a revenge mechanism against Disney for something that Disney did that has nothing to do with Tesla. Uh, 
more specifically removing ads from Twitter or, or X or whatever you want to call it. So if you're not aware, since the anti-Semite comment that Elon gave his approval to last month, uh, obviously a lot of companies reacted to that by removing their ads from the platform as a form of protest. And they were... As, it's a form of protest. Like, let's be honest. It's, they're trying to protect their brand. They, they, they know that people are going to uh, tag them on that. They don't want their brand associated with that stuff, which is kind of fair. Um, and then Elon obviously went on that famous now uh, New York Times interview where he was asked about it. And he actually apologized for, for, for giving approval to that anti-Semite comment. But then he backed away right away in the, almost the same breath. He uh, he attacked back the advertiser saying uh, F you to them for uh, for trying to uh, not taking hostage. What's the word that he used? He was like... Uh, Censor? No, nah, it wasn't a censor. It was like uh, blackmail. It was you want to blackmail me? Right. Blackmail me with uh, advertising money, um, which is a, a weird way to look at it, especially when you just admitted that your comment was like oh, I was not a good one, like, uh, <laughs> and and then and then anyone like reacted to it the proper way, and you're like f you for reacting that way and blackmailing me is like Whoa, who said blackmail now? Uh, like, and then also it it was only Disney and that he attacked like he didn't attack apple he didn't attack uh any of the other advertisers that pulled their advertising yeah so what happened with disney more specifically is like at that conference then elon said um right after he said f you to that advertiser he was like specifically he said hey hey bob right after uh and then looked at the audience because he thought that bob Higer, the uh ceo of disney was in the audience so now weird. Since then, Elon went on a on full-on attack on Disney, uh, like just uh, on Disney and Facebook, saying, hey, Disney still advertise on Facebook. A lot of very boring stuff, to be honest. Uh, but then, so then this thing happened, which is like out of the blue, where he decided, well, wait, we cannot confirm it for a fact that it, it, it's his move, but the timing is just so strange that it has to be. Um, for sure. So it looks like he instructed Tesla to remove the Disney Plus app from the store in revenge for for that for Disney pulling the ads and and whatnot, and uh, and then I would assume that someone at Tesla had some pushback and they were like, "Hey, uh, this is kind of a move that is bad for our owners. Like if we are negatively affecting our owners for a beef that has nothing to do with Tesla," and then. Then I would assume there was some back and forth and they compromised on let's just remove it from the people that didn't use it. Now, what I'm more curious about is like new cars being delivered. So if anyone is taking a delivery of a new car, a new car, a new Tesla vehicle, uh, if you can look at your Tesla theater and see if Disney Plus is in, in there now in a brand new car, because I, it's hard to complain too much about this if like you never use it, even though you could have maybe planned to use it at some point. Like, I don't it's know, Christmas. Like, you got, yeah. you're, take, you're going on a trip. Yeah, you know. Yeah, what if do. you you got the car this year and you didn't actually go to on a, on a road trip just yet? Like the 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 reason to use Tesla theater or somewhat like limited to, to road tripping and whatnot and like staying at a, at a charging station for a while, something like that. So yeah, so you, there's definitely the the core of this story that is very frustrating is that Elon slash Tesla agreed to make 
the Tesla owner experience worse, even if I understand it's slightly, 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 slightly worse, like it's maybe like a fraction of a fraction of a percentage for something completely unrelated Tesla, for, for more specifically for a Twitter beef that Elon has with Disney. So that is the worrying part for, for a bunch of different reasons, it's worrying, like for, for the fact itself, like, okay, like what's the next beef that right. Elon's going to use Tesla to to get revenge on whoever he's beefing with. So there's that. And, I mean, imagine, imagine if it yeah. was Apple that he had a beef with, he could have taken, you know, Apple, you know, he could have had started a war with Apple. He could, you know, Apple could have removed Tesla's app from the app store. Uh, you know, Apple music could be removed from Tesla. Like there's just, there's a lot of stuff. Like obviously Disney's not a big deal for most people, but we're we're looking at a problem. It's it's also a problem of like I mean, I, I've been I've been defending Elon to some degree for from the people that are like, all right, he cannot be CEO anymore for for name it whatever drama there was over the last two years. It can be a multitude. You can choose a multitude of them. I was always like, yeah, but I mean, he's still contributing to Tesla in a meaningful way. Like this is one of those of like like now it's a direct. Uh, negative impact, even even if it's the slightest one, and it, it shows potentially some like st- a state of mind that is very warped from warped from the reality, like the warped reality. Like it's not a, we, we in the right mind, especially someone as smart as Elon thinks that that's a smart move to right. use a publicly traded company that you happen to have control of. Uh, to re- act revenge on uh, another big company that uh, uh, like vexed you on your social media private company, by the way, that right. you're the biggest shareholder of. Like it's it's uh, it's a bad look. It's a it's, it's a problematic. Very bad look. It's worrying. Um, if you guys have any comments on that, you can put in the comment section. We have a bunch of other news we're gonna get to in the next few minutes. Uh, but uh, then we're going to have some time at the end of the show to talk to you guys and to respond to your questions. So if you're in the comments section right now on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all that, we're live on all those platforms. You can put them in there and we'll get to them in a few minutes. All right. A little bit more positive news, even though uh, I kind of a uh, twist to it too. So we reported last week when we got the release note for the holiday update and we weren't necessarily impressed by the quality of the update this year but there was some cool stuff in there tesla sneaked in a little nugget that is uh has become now the biggest features to be added to um to the holiday update i assume it wasn't in the original release note that leaked because of uh um the it's not for all vehicles unfortunately apparently it's going to come to all vehicles in the future but right now it's not for all vehicles so it's uh, it's finding that uh, bird's eye view uh for parking assist uh, they're not calling it a bird's eye view. They're, they're calling it 3D reconstruction. So it's based on the existing 3D reco- reconstruction that you get from what people call like the full self-driving visualization, basically. Uh, but it's a, a lot more high-fidelity uh, one. So Ashok Helswami, uh, the head of uh, software for Autopilot, uh, released this uh, video of it here. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, so you see it's it, it uh, predicts where the lines of the parking are going to be 
and gives you a, a way more detailed uh, 3D visualization of it. So it's the equivalent of a bird's eye view on steroid, basically. So it's not, it doesn't render the full vehicles like it would on a, a bird's eye view, but it does like what it needs to do to, uh, to be able to, to, uh, to use that as a park assist, basically. So, um, as Shock said about it, it's a Tesla could simply add a camera to the. No, that's a comment. <laughs> so the mm. this place, uh, <laughs> I tell you, I, mean, I keep getting cut by these by these things right there. Uh, this place, uh, this replaced the 2D obstacle bend that customer had with the high resolution 3D reconstruction of Tesla surroundings. This is an extension of our occupancy network. Uh, so the occupancy network is what the the the, net, the the neural net that they've been using to replace the the uh, with the Tesla Vision only vehicles though that don't have the ultrasonic sensors. Uh, they've been deploying that to use as a park assist instead and as a close uh, uh, recognition system instead of like uh, the the sensors that tell you oh you have like thirty inch before you you hit something. So this is an extension of that uh, with much higher resolution to help with tight parking maneuvers. I just explained. The obstacles are modeled as a continuous distance fill. This allows us to represent arbitrary shapes in a smooth and competitionally efficient way. The vehicles you see are not some fixed meshes, uh, but the network's real-time prediction of the shape. So that's interesting. Uh, but he also did say that uh, this is only coming to Tesla Vision vehicles, so those without ultrasonic sensors, so Model 3, Model Y since 2022, Model S and X since 2023. He did say that it's going to come eventually to the cars equipped with ultrasonic, sen ultrasonic sensors, uh, but he didn't confirm a timeline, and I will not hold my breath for it. Hmm. Yeah, I saw some, uh, I think it was on Reddit or something. Um they the the visual stuff wasn't rendering fantastically it was kind of just big blobs everywhere oh this, people this, are, are getting the update right now yeah i saw saw a couple of people on reddit they, it didn't look like the uh i mean they, they got the update then tesla pulled it but um no but they, they they restarted it in the middle of the night they restarted uh uploading the update again oh did they yeah after check my car yeah because yeah, i also got the, an update and then it disappeared but um, yeah, so so that's the all the update that we're talking about. So the, apparently Tesla started started pushing it last night and then um, put it on hold and even recalled the update and then restarted in the early this morning or something like that. They started pushing the update again. Um, so this is an interesting one. This update too because okay, you have these little goodies in there. Uh, you have the the broader holiday update, but. Uh, it, it's also the update you're getting the new autopilot nags that comes with the broader recall of NHTSA recall that we talked about last week. Uh, you get that too in there. So a lot of people were planning on not updating their car with with that uh, for, for, for right. that reason. They don't want the additional nag. Um, but now, if you want that all the update, you need you need to, it's in the same one. So you kind of you kind of screwed. So we'll see. I don't know if it's going to be enough to convince people or people are going to upgrade anyway. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the new nag feels like, like how intrusive it is. Yeah, yeah, we, we need to, we need to know because um like we discussed last week it's not that bad on the release notes. It doesn't look that bad. It doesn't look like it's nothing so super unreasonable except for one comment that is more vague and we need to actually see how it affects the frequency of the nag and how easy it is to to have it go away and whatnot. Yeah, and a couple of publications, I think, uh, 
Consumer Reports uh, also said something about how it wasn't enough, um, even with the, the additional nag. It it just isn't enough. Well, they, they keep going back to the torque sensor on the steering wheel thing, which, I mean, it's something that we know for like uh, seven years, eight, eight, seven years at this point. Like it's not, it's not something very new. And there is the cabin-facing camera now in the newer vehicles. So, um, and this has been pretty good for me so far. Like the, the driver motoring from the cabin camera has been pretty efficient. Uh, it catches me sometimes grabbing my phone and it's like, hey, pay attention. It's like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You shouldn't do that. You should definitely not do that. Uh, um, even just it catches you looking at the center display for too long too. Uh, so yep. that, that's good. Um, yeah. So if the key, if it's more a use implementation, more of that, I'm fine. If it's the torque, again, I'm not a big fan of the, the torque detection because sometimes like you even have to do like a little bit too much and you can uh, remove the, the auto steer, which is annoying. All right, um, this is uh, interesting. The wireless home charger has been confirmed. So it's, it was pretty much almost confirmed earlier this year. Tesla released this image here that seemed to show a wireless charger because of the pad here and this connector on the wall. But they show that picture at Vester Day. And like they say, oh, there's going to be cool things coming. They show that and then they don't say anything about it. Of course, they, 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 they bought that company to Wafarian uh, this summer and then sold it right back. It was more like an acquire situation. Um, they just uh, wanted to get the engineers on board. So there was that, um, but so but then, uh, no comment at all until uh, this uh, Jay Leno video about the Cybertruck this week. So completely unrelated on the Cybertruck, but you, you had friends, Van, Hol Van Holhausen, the, the uh, chief designer of Tesla that was in that drive. And he did mention that, uh, I'm quoting here, we are working on inductive charging. You don't even need to plug anything in, uh, in at that point. You just drive over the pad in your garage and start charging. So he... He confirmed that Tesla is working on that, and it's specifically for a home charging situation, since you mentioned in, in your garage. Uh, so it would be a home wireless charger that Tesla is working on. Um, I don't know how excited I am about that, to be honest. I think it's going to be a, kind of a niche product, uh, I think, for the most part, because it's going to be expensive. There's no way it's not going to be, like, significantly more expensive than and not uh, just expensive to buy it but like if you lose 10 or 20 percent in inefficiency it's going to cost way more to charge your vehicle every day yeah but at the same, i cannot believe that tesla would release that if they know they don't they haven't figured out the efficiency issue like obviously if if it's less efficient then there's there's no reason to buy that thing like it's like more expensive to buy more expensive to install and then more expensive to charge but also like it defies the whole purpose of having an electric vehicle and being more efficient if you're just losing more power. So, and there are other companies that claims to have figured out inductive charging and say that they are close to like 95% efficiency, which is basically the same as a, as a cable. A cable also has some losses, uh, which is around that 95% range. So I would, I would uh, until proven uh, to the contrary, I would assume that that's figured out. Otherwise, like it would be so stupid for Tesla to launch that. But even that, even if uh, it's it, as efficient, so cost the same once the, everything is installed, 
the charger itself is going to be a lot more expensive because there is more hardware in there. You have the charging pad, you have the actual chargers. Uh, you need to install that charger on the wall, then you need to install the charging pad, uh, most often in concrete and in inside a garage. So this is a lot of work. Uh, then you have the actual receiver on the car that you need to install. So that's more cost on the car. That's more weight on the car. Um, all that to save yourself like a few seconds every time you have to just plug in your car, which really takes it three seconds um i know that adds up like if you do that every day twice a day uh for years uh, you can maybe save a few hours of, of your time so uh if you're like a uh, what happened to the snake thing yeah i mean, I mean they even had a prototype. expensive to be honest they had a prototype <laughs> yeah maybe that's gonna be the thing that's gonna make it to the superchargers uh, once self-driving is figured out right because that might pro that probably be a better because it's not too bad in your garage to have that charging pad and dark stuff like that, but like in in a, on public roads, especially like yeah, you need fast, put, yeah, in, in places that uh, yeah, the faster you get, the more the loss is going to make a difference to. Uh, but also places that have snow and things like that, you need to uh, uh, to to have a like a snow machine, like the get, get the snow off. Like it's it's not ideal. Like it would you would break those things all the time. So yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of this move, but. We'll see what Tesla comes up with. All right. We get some uh, better timing on uh, the opening up of the supercharger network for non-Tesla owners and more specifically for GM and Ford. So turns out that the timing of when the automakers announced their adoption of Nax as their new connector in North America matters for when their owners are going to get the adapters. Uh, so we get this information from a meeting at Forest City Planning Committee, uh, Forest, uh, Forest West City, which is uh, in Utah. So Jenny Pritari, Pritari, I'm not, I'm not sure how to pronounce her, her last name, but Jenny is the Tesla design manager of charging infrastructure. And she, um, she, she did a presentation at the planning uh, meeting committee and uh, they asked her about the question about the supercharger that they wanted to install there. And one of the city managers or city council or whatever, you, uh, we didn't know who has the question. He wasn't even in, on camera. Asked, is this going to be just for Tesla owners? Uh, and then Jenny responded that uh, our first car companies, Ford and GM, are starting in February of 2024. Once they have the charge port, I put. She probably meant adapter here uh, and software to interface with the charging station. They will actually be open to those vehicles. Uh, so she confirmed timing that uh, the first adapter should come in February, and it's only going to be for Ford and GM. She added after that that the other um, the the other automakers will come later. She said that we will be opening up to most other of the other uh, the other car companies in stages to make sure we don't get swamped all at once. So this is I wonder if they're going to do it in the order <clears throat> order they accepted. I would assume so because Ford and GM were the first two. Right. So it sounds like this 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 is what really matters. Obviously there's some like very smaller ones that I don't think like would would have any impact at all. Like I don't think like uh like you put like Lucid in there like I don't think it would have a giant impact on the supercharger network. But Still, so this is interesting. So obviously, this is the adapter that is coming. And then in 2025, all new uh, vehicles from these manufacturers will have the NACs integrated on board. So you won't need an adapter anymore, which is going to be nice. Um, today, we learned that um, 
Tesla uh, is officially launching the Mega Factory project in Shanghai, China. So the, we know about the Mega Factory in Latrop, California. Obviously, it changed the game for Tesla. It helped them ramp up production greatly for their energy storage division. More specifically, the Mega Pack, hence the uh, Mega Factory name. Uh, previously, the Mega Pack was manufacturing Giga Factory Nevada. But Tesla moved uh, the operation to this new factory and then ramped up the production capacity greatly. Um, not, not quite to 40 gigawatt hour yet, but that's what they are aiming for. And it enables Tesla to, to break new records for energy storage deployment every quarter. Uh, in April of this year, they announced that they plan to replicate that, that mega factory in Shanghai, China. Uh, they had a deal with uh, the uh, Shanghai Lingheng authorities. Uh, which I think is again the uh, the, the region where it's uh, like uh, like it's the region where you can still like you can own the whole factory. It's not like the, the partnership type of deal. What do you call that? So I was going to say tax free, but it's not that it's joint a, joint venture. Whatever. A free trade free trade uh, region. So uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the, originally this was supposed to happen quite fast. The construction was supposed to start in the third quarter and then production early in 2024. Now, uh, uh, today what happened was a, a signing ceremony for the land acquisition of the project. And the, uh, so they, they started, they launched the actual project, the construction project there. And uh, they say that uh, now the, they are aiming for um, the end of 2024 to start production. So a little bit of a delay, but uh, it is coming. And this is going to be a big deal. Obviously, it's going to help Tesla cut the logistical cost greatly because they're going to be able to send out uh, mega packs for all the projects that are in Asia and in, in Australia, New Zealand and all that from there rather than all the way back in, uh, in the U.S. And then they can keep that production capacity in the U.S. for a project in North America. So it's going to be nice. Um, all right, it was this report this week. Uh, uh, Reuters, a bunch of uh, report, report about Tesla negative one this week. Uh, this one was uh, the more redeeming one, where they said that uh, the Cybertruck is having a uh, bottleneck being the 4680 cell, which was not what we were hearing before. Uh, so they say that um, the uh, Tesla is still having issue ramping up a 4680 cells, and it's it's becoming one of the main bottlenecks in making the Cybertruck. Um, so this, uh, this situation here, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, so I, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of rotors, especially the, the, the Tesla coverage. It's generally seen as a very good news organization, but um, they, we've caught them doing some weird things regarding the Tesla reporting in the past. And the, the weirdest one has obviously been uh, I don't know if I, we talked about it on the podcast before, uh, but uh, I assume we have. But for those who don't remember, they, they had this, uh, this post that they said that Tesla is going to bring Chinese-made vehicles, sell them to the U.S. Um, then Elon responded to that post and saying that that's not true. He said it's a false. He said it's false. And then they back-edited that article to say, no, in Canada, uh, they originally said U.S. Uh, no, no, excuse, excuse me. They back it. They said they said North America, and then in the article they said it's going to be in Canada and in North America, like as if like it's going to be somewhere else than the U.S. or Canada. Um, so that's and then they didn't they didn't update the post to say hey we we changed that after Elon said it was false and they just they just changed it after that. 
And then when they made a follow-up post an, a, a few months later or a year later, uh, when Tesla actually started delivering Chinese-made vehicles in Canada, they referenced Elon saying that the article, that the original article that they posted was wrong. And they were like, look, we were right about that. And Elon said we were wrong. So uh, he, there's, some, there's something weird going on there. But I remember the actual original post and I, I have all the all the receipts for it. And it's, it's clearly that the, it, it's deceiving. So basically they're, they're looking, they showed there that they are more interested in looking like they were right than actually being right. And they are willing to deceive their readers into thinking that Elon was actually false, uh, wrong on there when he was right originally. So I don't like that at all. And then, okay, you can say, all right, this is a one-time deal and everything. It, it can be, but I reached out to the four people involved in our article and I asked them, like, what is, what is this about? This is not right. This is not how you do reporting and everything. And this is coming from a blogger here, by the way. <laughs> and uh, none of them responded to my inquiries, even though some of them even followed me on, on X. And so they, they actually, like, you get notifications when I reached out and they didn't uh, respond. So they are completely ignored the situation. They are okay with what they did. So since then, I'm like, all right, like, this is obviously not, up to par in terms of reporting. So I've been careful there. But in this case here, they claim to have nine people at Tesla, including like Tesla managers and employees. Uh, we spoke to them on condition of anonymity, of course, uh, uh, because of the sensitivity of the matters. And they said that Tesla had yet to crack the dry coding and the industrial scale needed to make the 4680 batteries fast enough to hit its production targets. So that... That part, I think there's some validity to it. We know that Tesla has been having issues with the dry coating technology, which is a big part of the 4680 cell technology. And uh, now, specifically in that report, they say that the, um, uh, the problem is with the cathode, with dry coating the cathode. Tesla has uh, figured out the anode, but dry coating the cathode is a problem. Uh, but in the same report, though, at the same time, I'm like, oh, this is kind of weird because they say that uh, the 4680 cell is a bottleneck and now they're only producing enough to make 24,000 Cybertrucks a year. Uh, they, then they say a tenth of what is required. So that's a tenth of what is required at full volume capacity, which regardless of the 4680 cell won't happen until sometime next year. Uh, no, no, not even that. Sometime in 2025. So I don't, I don't understand the point of that. I would, Tesla is, without, with or without 4680 cells, I would be shocked if Tesla was producing this hybrid truck now at a production rate of 24,000 a year. So even if they were able to produce the 4680 cells uh, at a higher level, why would they? They would probably be throttling down the production capacity in order to match the rest of the production, uh, Cybertruck production. So uh, I don't know about that report. I, I, think th I think there is validity to Tesla having issue with dry coating. Mm -hmm. I don't know about it affecting the Cybertruck in any meaningful way, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the scaling they have to do anyway is going to be very difficult to get to that number. So it kind of feels like regardless of what problems may exist, they're going to have a hard time scaling to that, that number in, in the next year or so. Yeah. There's so many like new technology in the Cybertruck too, that uh, like, I, I think are probably bigger issues than the 4680. Yep. All right. This, this was a real bummer this week for Tesla employees. This is a report coming from Bloomberg that said that um, Tesla has decided to uh, not give merit-based stock grants this year. So the, uh, the, the compensation of employees following in the neural performance reviews said that even high performers didn't get the merit-based grants. 
And obviously, this is a big deal because um, Tesla employees, te well, spe Elon specifically has claimed that one of Tesla's biggest advantage is that they give out stock grants, stock options to everyone. And that uh, have, has made Tesla's compensation extremely competitive uh, with the rest of the market. So obviously, if they are not giving that out this year, you can imagine that it won't be as competitive. They also have received um, like small like price increase, but uh, salary increases. Uh, but we we've heard from Tesla employees that this they're in, it's not like significant enough to compensate for the inflation cost, which has been obviously crazy uh, in the last uh, two years. So. So this could be a real problem because at Tesla, I think one Tesla's biggest advantage is that it's their level of talents there. They have a lot of talent. Uh, and a lot of people want to come work for Tesla. So Tesla has a ton of application all the time. A lot of people want to come work there. But it's also like a big recruiting hub for other companies that want to make electric vehicles, everything. Like people, like they recruit from Tesla all the time. So there's a lot of competition for to retain the employees at Tesla. And obviously, if you're not satisfied with your compensation and then someone else comes in with an offer that pays you 20, 30, 50% more, which is not unusual, uh, you might be tempted to go for it. <laughs> Should so, we read our tip that we got from uh, a Tesla employee? Yeah, yeah, we got a tip that uh, you want to read from it? All right. Uh, I work for Tesla as an engineer in the Bay Area in regard to the Bloomberg article we have been told that we would not be getting any additional equity grants for this year's performance reuse. Our pay increases have also been significantly lower than in years past, only 5%, and only happened at the end of November, months later than normal. This has had a severe impact with morale within the engineers at the company since the increase in compensation hasn't made up for the amount of inflation. Uh, over the last year, there has been significant more discussions at the bar, in quotation marks, between engineers about compensation than seen in the past, especially with a lot of high performers leaving for significantly higher pay by going to competitors. This is an additional leaving This is an addition leaving holes in certain groups that have been able to, that haven't been able to backfill. Newer employees also don't believe that their current starting equity will have the same explosion that those who have been with the company pre 2019 have seen. That's a good point. Uh, you know, you, you cut your start, your starting date is, you know, the stock price. I think there was a post on one of the Tesla Q uh, folks about how in the last three years since Tesla uh, joined um, the S&P 500. Yeah, S&P 500 that, um, you know, it's only up like 11% over the last three years. And, you know, that's obviously a lot less than some of the high flyers, even the big companies like Apple and yeah, I think the like, S and P five hundred is up like twenty six percent, right? Close to thirty percent. So over the same uh, time, yeah, over the last three years, Tesla has not been the growth stock it was previously. Finally, it, uh, the guy guy or woman says it's no surprise within the industry at the end that the total compensation from Tesla is considerably lower than what other companies are willing to pay. But historically, it has been offset by the increases in the equity part of the compensation between the amount of vehicles that are being sold by Tesla, the launch of the new and upcoming products and the large increase of pay in other areas of the organization. There's a feeling by the group that are making Tesla money now and in the future that their work has not been appreciated. So that's, if that's, if that's widespread uh, feeling and we don't know, it's a, you know, anonymous mm -hmm. tip, uh, then that's problematic. 
Yeah, and you know the timing and everything. I think uh, I, I think it's high credibility tip. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is worrying. Like uh, I think that Tesla's talent is this biggest asset, and if they start losing it at a higher rate, uh, there's a real concern. There's also like like Tesla, even without compensation, a lot of people were like feeling like, oh, we're we're saving the world and all that, and we have a great leader and everything. And then now a lot of people have uh, doubts about the leader, and it's not it's not the same. So um, hopefully, because Tesla can get a hold of the situation, because I can see that that having like a, one of the biggest impact on the company if they start slipping talent like crazy. But Tesla still have some great products and this this is one of them. This is very cool. Tesla Electric is now celebrating its first year uh, in Texas. The launch in Texas happened around this time last year and uh, some of the early customers are reporting their uh, their situation uh with on the on the new electric utility platform basically and um I mean, it's impressive. So we have uh, this um, R- this guy RJ from from Texas here posting. Basically, I don't know if I can show that directly here. Yeah, if I do this, probably. All right. So this is a statement. So you, you can see, like, he signed up in December 15, uh, 2022, and first month uh, didn't have to pay anything for his uh, bill. Uh, I should say, like, what's this guy's system here? So. This electric, this is electric is like uh, basically like the VPP, the virtual power plant. But instead of just responding to specific events like the VPP does and offering grid services during those time from decentralized energy asset like power walls and solar system, it's the whole, your, your entire electric utility is on that plant and the utility will sell electricity whenever it, it makes sense for your own system. And this guy here in Texas has um, a 12 kilowatt solar system with three power walls. So it's a lot of power walls, uh, especially for a system of that size. Because uh, like you, you have like a bigger system than that, set, right? Well, what's your system? You have two power walls, but you have, what's your solar power system? Uh, I think we have 14 kilowatts. Yeah, 14. Um, so yeah, so this is, so the first one, uh, $15, but it says negative here. So basically you don't have to pay anything. Like your electric bills is free and you actually make $15 in credit. Then the only the only month where I had to pay the, the, the grid was in uh, January, February. So January 12 to February 13, had to pay twelve forty four. Then from there, it was all just bigger and bigger, and then the system kept becoming more and more um, profitable for the homeowner. And by the end of the year, ended up with a credit over thousand dollars, almost a thousand almost eleven hundred dollars. So the Tesla Electric basically managed to help the owner optimize his solar system and power wall to make his entire electric bill disappear. And on top of it, gives him a thousand dollars, which you're able to cash out at the end of the year. So, you, like, it's it's not worth like keeping those credits. Like, if if it keeps going at that pace, and in Texas, I think it's going to get probably worse before it gets better. Uh, you, uh, uh, it's it's not worth like stacking up those credit, thinking that uh, you're going to use them on your electric bill at some point. You probably won't. <laughs> so, I think this is awesome. Like, this is when like people have been talking about. Um, the smart grid forever, like like a smart grid is coming, it's gonna change everything. Like, but 
it's always all right like we have these smart meters and whatnot like this is what i'm thinking about when i'm thinking about a smart grid i'm thinking about like decentralized energy asset like energy storage like power walls or otherwise solar system and you put them together and you put smart software behind it that send the electricity where it's needed um when um when it's needed and you compensate the people that invested into those energy capacity so if it's an electric utility and a large scale solar farm wind farm or uh, hydroelectricity dam or large-scale energy storage with with power walls or, or mega packs or any other batteries then that's them that the electric utility should be compensated by that but if the homeowners decide to do their own investment and obviously you have other advantage to that like power walls can also save you from outages uh, then yeah you should be compensated for that it makes sense I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And in Texas now, of course, it's a deregulated market. So it's, uh, it's get pretty crazy sometimes. So especially in the, in the summer months, uh, the uh, people running their ACs like crazy, put a lot of, power, put, put a lot of uh, pressure, a lot of stress on the grid. And then uh, they are willing to pay a lot more for, for power. So if you have some extras and RJ here in Texas had, had plenty of extra and it was making uh, like uh, between August 14 and September 13 made like $700 worth of credits for crazy. You know, it would be interesting to see if, um, you know how like uh, Bitcoin mining is, you know, you make a few pennies here and a few pennies there based on the equipment you buy. It would be interesting to see if you could kind of turn this into a gaming situation where, you know, you get a few bucks for some extra solar panels and battery and then, you add a little bit more, you get a few bucks more. You you kind of if te- if Tesla can get that same gamification that happens with like you know Bitcoin mining and and other yeah. like little uh, money tricks, I wonder yeah. if that would be. And if you had your own miner, like if you, well, yeah, you could you, you could, could do that. Them. But not only that, if 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 you could connect it to the Tesla electric system too. Like because the the biggest cost of mining is is the cost of electricity and so that it takes to make the computations. Tesla Electric could tell you like, all right, right now, your extra power that your system is producing makes more sense to send it to the grid because the grid is going to pay you a lot for it. Or if it doesn't make sense right now, the grid doesn't have, it pays you peanuts for it because it doesn't need the capacity, send it to your miner instead and like the miner is going to use it and that's going to make you more money in crypto. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. I, I'm not a huge uh, crypto guy, so that that's a little foreign to me. But it would be nice to just send that to the grid and make money off of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I get it; you're not going to make a ton of money, you know, during when it's when energy is cheap, middle mm-hmm. of the night type of stuff. All right, we have two more news items, and they're basically the the same news. It's just uh, they, they work together, and then we're going to get into your guys' comment section. So. Uh, if you have any uh, question for us or any other subject in the EV world that you want us to discuss today, put them in the comment section right now. We're getting some comment from X. This is new from last week. There's only since last week we're getting X comment too. But on YouTube and Facebook, we get them also in LinkedIn too. All right. So we've been talking a lot about the dealer problem with the EV in the US. Like this is an issue. Like dealers have 
recently shown and for a while now themselves as being an obstacle to EV adoption rather than allies. Not everyone. There's some good ones out there. Don't send me the emails like you always do. Right? But uh, it's been a problem. And the, now we, you get some great example. A few weeks ago, we, we talked about the letter that they sent to uh, to the White House saying that to slow down the uh, EV regulations because they, they're not selling well. Now you even have dealers that are opting not to get into the EV programs of some automakers. So you have four dealers. Ford this week uh, confirmed that only 50% of their dealers have opted into their EV programs. So Ford, Ford and most of the automakers have programs where if you want to sell their EVs, if you're a dealer, you're already an existing for dealer, but you want to sell their EVs, you need to make some investment into some charging infrastructures and some training for your employees and all that. Things that make like you know a ton of sense if you're selling electric vehicles. Um, and a lot of them had pushed back against that. They don't want to invest in that, whether for financial reason, they don't want to invest the money, which like that I can understand if they are strapped on cash or whatever. But a lot of them, they don't want it for because they don't believe in electric vehicles. They don't believe that it's going to work and all that. Uh, so this week, they confirmed that only 50% of uh, of them are are getting into uh, are confirmed to sell EVs in 2024. So that's uh, kind of a bummer. I thought it would be much higher than that. I knew for sure there would be some old doubts, but 50%. It's uh... yeah, that's no good. But I, Although... I guess I'm I'm reading here about the cost. So it's half a million dollars it costs to be certified. So it's no joke. It is a lot. It is a lot, uh, but like, you know, that's kind of the future. Although I have to say, like, why does a public DC fast charger cost $500,000? Like, they're expensive, but that seems like excessive. Yeah, a million dollars for Elite Tiers, which is another charger, some demo units present on Fords.com Live. It sounds like Ford is also like trying to get something out of it to have that. Right. To do with they're, clear, they're clearly trying to yeah. get something out of it. Right. Maybe they sh- they should lighten that up a little bit. But they are they are not the only one with this problem because Buick this week also had a similar issue, and uh, GM is a little bit more aggressive with those. Uh, they they are buying out basically half of Buick dealers uh, over their EV plans. So uh, those that don't want to to invest that money, which is a lot cheaper for GM, is uh, three hundred thousand to four hundred thousand um, dollars. They are getting buybacks. So. Uh, 47% are now being bought back. Almost half of uh, the Buick dealers are being bought back by GM because uh, uh, they um, they don't want to invest that money into electric vehicles. So a big cleanup for GM too. <laughs> All right, should we jump into the comment section? Yep. All right. Uh, we start off with uh, Fred Ora sending the bird to Elon. <laughs> I know you can then... do that on, the, on YouTube. You can put the bird on YouTube like that. Uh, Richard Cool says Elon needs a self-imposed gag order. Carl in San Diego, Disney News is nothing compared to the bombshell from Reuters that Tesla gaslighted their owners, telling them that dangerous failing control arms and broken drive shafts were owner abuse. Elon made his text lie to customers about the safety issue. Yeah, I mean, that's straightforward. I I read this whole report and like I I don't know like it's. It's, it looks like they're using service report as proof of that, and it, it it doesn't exactly work like that. Like Tesla has all its service report public, and I looked at them, and it's like I don't I don't see where they say that uh, Tesla knew about an issue. It's more like the 
when they get an issue from a customer, they send they send it out to that service system, uh, and they they all know about it. So like they know okay, like so they can they can match issues and like oh this is the solution to this issue. So you could claim that yeah they knew it was a problem on other cars, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's a defect. Like we know, like NHTSA actually investigated that that suspension issue and didn't found any problem. Now I'm not saying NHTSA is perfect and might have missed something and whatnot. Like that's possible, but I I, I don't know about that report personally. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. Did it, did it feel like last week, like everybody was coming after Tesla? Like maybe it felt weird, right? Yeah. Like I don't yeah. want to get conspiracy theorists on anybody, but it it just felt like a lot of negative news came out. Like there was multiple recalls i mean that's obviously you know um national highway safety board but a lot of negative reuters and bloomberg reports all right kind of weird uh moving on uh jonathan root picked up the uh, ev9 last week pretty impressed with the build build quality and space software is kia's limitation yeah well yeah it's the limitation of a lot of automakers unfortunately uh yeah those android autos and google and uh apple car and all that they cannot come soon enough for those that, that are not willing to invest enough in software unfortunately but yeah but yeah. congrats on your ev9 though that's a nice car yeah i'd love to hear uh if there's any anything weird or exciting mm-hmm. or whatever uh we're waiting for our review as well uh tesla users with the new safety updates have proven you can cover your driver facing camera and it ignores the safety protocol have you tried that uh that would be new because i think that uh previously you couldn't do that you couldn't cover the camera it, it would uh, give you alert but uh I'll, I'll look into that that's interesting all right one of those stories we covered this week um the netherlands has installed many solar uh bike paths um it seems like a great idea although the netherlands doesn't get a ton of sun it'll be interesting to see the data and how much energy it generates um, that they, they've had solar roads uh, planned for a long time. Uh, it's just making the the model work. All right. Uh, if you have multiple EVs, moving a single cable from one car to another is easier than moving each car over a wireless pad. I guess that's assuming you only have one pad. I mean, eventually, I guess you could have two pads, but mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if it's more of a niche case, about not, not, not eventually a lot of people are going to have multiple EVs, I would assume. But um, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's the main issue. I think the main issue is like how much you're saving time versus the money more than anything else. All right, Spikes uh, forty three question: Any word on what to expect from Rivian quarter two refresh? I'm hoping for better vehicle to load and heat pump. Both of those things sound really good. Um, I expect some efficiency stuff. Um, I think they're going to kind of double down on their dual motor thing. There's really like when they got rid of the tank turn, there was not much reason to have four uh, motors. So um, I think they're going to try to get more efficiency out of that. I don't know. What else would you like to see from Rivian? Fred? I mean, you know more about it. You're you're an owner. Uh, I I didn't read too much about the the refresh. Uh, I read more about this week the their plans for the lo- lower tier vehicles, the, the, the new plant ch- cheaper. Um, so is it more? So it's going to be a hardware refresh, right? It's not going to be like 
I mean, it sounds like it, nothing's been announced yet, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to be a, a totally new looking vehicle. No, it's probably going to be some improvements inside. Yeah. yeah, you know, and as far as the vehicle to load thing, I think putting a right now there's like a 20 uh, amp uh, 110 volt inside there. Mm-hmm. I think they, they, you know, make like the Cybertruck and the Ford uh, F-150 Lightning and they put a yeah, they need 1450 that. in there. They need to do that. All right, Glenn Sullivan, I have a seven from Twitter, or I mean from X. Uh, I have a 17 kilowatt system in New Brunswick, Canada. There are no Powerwall installers here. Yeah, that's unfortunate. What will I need with Cybertruck to have a backup? So can you actually use the Cybertruck to kind of not, like if you don't have a Powerwall, to, to back it up your solar? It sounds like you can. It's you, you need a gateway and or a Powerwall. So... Mm-hmm. It sounds, but the my worry is like if you really have your eyes set on the Cybertruck in New Brunswick and there's no Tesla Powerwall installer right now, like is likely not going to be any gateway installer either. So uh, that's that's more of my concern. Like there's none in Quebec too. At least there wasn't when I installed my my Powerwalls here. Uh, had to come, maybe they can come all the way from from Ottawa and Ontario. So obviously really? this is this is an option. But New oh. Brunswick is even like a longer distance from Ottawa, so there's yeah. none in like Halifax or anything. I mean, I feel like isn't part of Tesla's big battery research stuff and in... yeah, but it's battery cell. I don't think it yeah. has much to do with the installers. But yeah, I mean, I would uh, I would uh, ask Tesla about this and ask them to have uh, installers there. It would, it would make sense. All right, Electric Brian says, comment, people should be able to install any app you can from the Play Store or App Store. What I really want is serious app. I would actually pay for premium data if it had that. Well, you'd probably have to pay for it. But um, yeah. yeah, Tesla's talked about having an app store for a while now. Or Elon has, at least. Uh, Carl in San Diego, yes, Seth, you can game the electric sales market, but importantly, the federal tax credits for residential solar and battery are for personal use and not for overproduction and profit. Arbitrage is greed. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to waste any energy either. So there's a lot of energy yeah. waste. Like you're, you're using it for crypto. Like it's, uh, you're going to waste yeah, and it if, otherwise. And if you are, you can just buy it without federal tax credit and not mm-hmm. have to think about that. All right, uh, Powell Jamie, uh, electric vehicles are not ready. Electric vehicles still catching on fire. And, Uh-oh. of course, he's from Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something. <laughs> it's your great, uncle. Great it's aunt, your great, great uncle. uncle is going to write on Facebook because they see something. Yeah, Powell Jamie, I think you should inform yourself a little bit and find out that uh, driving around with a highly combustible um, gas in your, in your tank is uh, – is also problematic if fire is a concern for you. And those vehicles that work on gasoline actually catch on fire at a much higher rate than electric vehicles. All right. Uh, Carl San Diego talking about the Reuters headline. Tesla blamed drivers for failures of parts that it long knew were defective. Memo sent to technicians globally, instructing them to tell customers that broken parts on their cars were not faulty. It's, it's, it's not as simple as that. Like, again, you're talking about a service notice there, and it gets sent out. Like, whenever there's a new issue with a car that's find out, they send that out to everyone. So it sounds like that's what Reuters got. So that's, that's why I'm, I'm confused about, like, the validity of that, of that report. All right. Uh, then 
he goes on to say Rivian is the worst efficiency period. They need to fix that. Only thing worse is Hummer. Uh, well, then I guess it's not the worst efficiency, <laughs> but also, uh, also Rivian's not that, uh, inefficient. Uh, I get, I get more miles than they say that I'm going to get, which is weird for an EV. Yeah. They don't um, game the EP system as much as others. So right. Looking at um, you, Tesla. So, yeah. Power Cybertruck power sharing is not finished development yet. Uh, vaporware. All right. Well, I th- I think Tesla's going to be able to figure that one out. Like of all the th- yeah. all the things that Tesla can figure out, uh, using their cars as batteries is not going to be a hard one. All right. Uh, also, thank you for covering the Tesla electric stuff. That is super interesting. Not as flashy as the cars, but I completely agree. This could grow value over and above cars. Uh, yeah, Elon had said one time that uh, the electric portion of the the site or the company may be as big as the cars and then um we have a response to uh, uncle powell jamie that on facebook at least they only catch fire one one hundredth as often as gas cars which we have no idea if that's true but i know it's less than gas cars it is definitely less there's so much fewer of them too obviously but on a rate the catching rate i should say all right well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to the show this week. We appreciate you. If you did enjoy the show, if you can give us a like, a thumbs up, whatever it is on your app right now, it is uh, super helpful. It's free to do, and it helps the show tremendously, and we appreciate a single one of you who does it. Um, we we we, got, we have one more show uh, before the yeah. end of the year. Yeah, we do. We, so we're going to be coming next week uh, with the last show of the year. We're going to try to make it a fun one for you guys. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. Have a safe weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you.